0: For the entire period, I don't think he ever left once yeah. the war had kicked off. So yeah, there was a time when he w- he went missing for that. After a while, and people were speculating that he had been killed, and then he came back a few months later, right. and then yeah, got the got the situation that that's happened now. So uh, yeah, rest in peace to him, man. That 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 sucks.
1: It's horrible. Well, I mean, this my frustration is that this is exactly what you know. Myself, Luke, many others have been warning about for the longest time that if we continue to have this uh, you know, policy of provocation mm-hmm. towards the rest of the world uh, while simultaneously having countless bases all over the world, including inside of Syria, I didn't even know we had troops that were in Jordan. Yeah, I was,
0: I was actually my, – my question was why are American troops in Jordan? Like am I miss, just missing – is there like a whole piece that I've just missed or something? Because I don't even know why American troops are in Jordan. I think the
1: truth is that we have bases in, in the majority of countries. I mean, it, it, especially the Middle East, it's, uh, it's probably easier to find a country that we don't have a base and, in. And
2: especially bases surrounding Iran, which we know from uh, even uh, members of the U.S. military who came out and said there's secret plans out there to, to bomb Iran, to start a war with Iran. And if you look at, if you look at the map... Uh, there are bases all over, and it used to be in Afghanistan, no longer there, mm. but uh, there's, there's a crap ton of weapons, there's a crap ton of U.S. equipment that has been thrown into the Middle East, specifically also into Syria, where we financed a lot of the Wahhabist rebel groups that were there to take down Bashar al-Assad, and then, uh, you know, just uh, created a, a global jihad uh, as well, which was, I think, uh, something worth noting and something worth thinking about, especially now when we have a terrorist attack on american soldiers who's responsible again we we shouldn't be jumping to conclusions we should wait until all the news reports come in automatically yes the united states is geopolitically opposed against iran iran has been financing the Shiite groups inside of that region that go against the, the sunni groups um but who's responsible here well again lots of radicalized groups lots of crazy individuals but but do you blame iran now do you say you know what they're somewhat affiliated. They have the same ideology. They have the same kind of religious notions here. Screw it. Let's just attack all of them because they're somewhat partially responsible here.
1: Well, no- normally I would reserve judgment because, as you said, we do not know who's ultimately culpable in this in this attack against American troops. Which, by the way, we haven't said anything in terms of condolences to the American soldiers' families. Three three Americans already lost. Who knows if the the others that have been injured, how close they are, or if they're you know if it's minor injuries. Hopefully. Um, But the reason that I'm forced into the box of having to have a a firm opinion on this early on is because we have people like Senator Lindsey Graham that are out there saying, hit Iran now, hit them hard. He's been saying this for nine months now. Mm -hmm. He he actually has been saying it before uh, Hamas even struck Israel. This guy has been on the war path against Iran my entire adult life, and that's not an exaggeration. So uh, I just want to remind people that if we have our troops over there in allegedly sovereign nations that we have no, uh, you know, moral or legal right to be interfering in their geopolitical situation, well, when we get when we get hit back, you have to realize that's that's part of the game that we're playing, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Well,
0: I- these these, these war need to go go fight their own wars, like go fight their own wars, go send their own children out there, and like let's see how let's see how keen and gung ho they are on it all when they've actually got something on the line and they're not just sitting there totally protected thousands and thousands of miles away from it at all like it's just it's exhausting i know it's the whole story of history but you know when i read certain things in history i actually have have respect for old school warfare where like the kings would go out into the battle into the battle themselves because it's like okay well you're you're putting your own life on the line whereas now you've just got some guy you know people in suits sitting in dc or wherever it is sending thousands sometimes millions of other people's sons and occasionally daughters to go die in distant lands. And or are like, uh, enough,
2: oligarchs saying, you know what, the, the, the poors could fight this war for me, yeah. as of course the rich kids uh, don't get the same treatment, don't yeah. have to go uh, be drafted, don't have to go to the front lines, mm-hmm. and of course, are not only given uh, cushy positions, but in many instances just told, hey... Yeah, you could go to the UK. Hey, you could go to mm-hmm. uh, the United States. There was a lot of criticism recently against Benjamin Netanyahu because his son, who is of fighting age, is hanging out here in Miami, oh, and a lot of people have been, you know, drafted. You have to, you have to be in the military in, in, in Israel. Yes. There's there's no kind of um, getting out of it for most of the, of the local population. So I, I do agree. With you. I, I there it, it was more honorable where you had the king on the front line mm-hmm. saying. I want to fight this war. I'm going to have my people die for this conflict, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to risk my life, too. Yeah. And they know they'll be there
0: with, you know, their sons will be there as well. It's like, okay, well, at least skin in the game, man. Yeah. Skin in the game. It changes the incentives. What do
1: we have now? We have if there's any strike on America or even a threat of a strike, the president immediately goes into his bunker. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's literally protocol is that the the top guy is immediately, uh, you know, putting the, the. highest level of security, while the American soldiers are just thrown onto the front lines against, you know, God knows who.
2: But this is, as as we're getting news reports right now, specifically of intense aircraft activity allegedly happening right now near this Jordan-Syrian border, as, of course, a lot of people expect the U.S. to respond very quickly here, as Tucker Carlson took 2X and declared... Effing lunatics highlighting two tweets from U.S. members of the House of Representatives, one from Lindsey Graham saying hit Iran now, hit them hard. And Senator John Corrin saying target Tehran. Um, Yeah, that's just an absolutely horrible idea. It is a bad idea. Just what? Just attack the Capitol? Just. Yes, yes. Just like, you a know, whole bunch of civilians living there, a <laughs> whole bunch of people there. Just just attack all yeah, of them. Why can, not? He can right? go, man. He can go. Send him.
0: Yes, yeah. if, it, if he's that keen on it, send him.
2: It's not like he has uh, a lot of children uh, that uh, will, of course, be inheriting this earth after him. Mm. That's also another aspect that I think is, is pretty important to kind of understand here. But yeah, a, a lot of these people, the Nikki Haley's, the neocons, the bloodthirsty war hawks, they don 't have any skin in the game mm-hmm. a lot of them don't have any children, a lot of them don't even give a damn and 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 they're they're taking checks from industries that profit off of war that profit off of death yeah. and, and 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 to me there's nothing more kind of vile there's nothing more kind of evil than than individuals selling the 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 future of their country for a paycheck yeah and and i i don't know if it's fair to to simplify it this way but how else do you kind of describe it, especially when you see the overaggressive measures by uh, the U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East that has been largely setting up U.S. soldiers in a position to have them yeah. under attack?
0: Do you know what's the one, what, what, as someone who has traveled the world fairly extensively, i been, been to 43 countries and every continent except Antarctica, um, and spoken to just you know, hundreds of thousands of people, I think one of the biggest psyops that exists in the world. And perhaps it has, it's been this way probably at least for centuries, which is the fact that with, it doesn't even right now we're talking about the, the U S government and the, and the troops and people on the ground and civilians and so on, but it doesn't even matter the country. It doesn't matter the government. The situation is always, you have these people in power who are up in high echelons and they're physically protected and they're disconnected from the thing and millions hundreds of thousands to millions of people, innocent, normal, law-abiding people always end up fighting, suffering, dying, getting shot, getting bombed, whatever the situation is. It's like they want you to think. I think there there is a psyop in this country itself to make people believe, okay, who's our enemy? Oh, it's uh, it's the Chinese. It's the Iranians. It's the Russians. It's what those are just normal people like yourself, right? The, just like it, it It's crazy. I have this conversation in different in different parts of the world. I spend a lot of time in the Middle East. I spend a lot of time here wherever it is. And it, wherever you go, most people are just normal citizens. Most citizens are not huge fans of their own governments, right right? No one, the American people are the greatest critics of the American government. And I don't think the American people would quite like it if other individuals or nations around the world judged the general populace of the USA based off of the government's actions right but people don't often offer that same kind of courtesy right they have this idea oh you know the russians are the bad oh the iranians are the bad it's like dude iranians are just normal Uh, 99 percent of the population is just like chilling working looking after their family just just being normal so when you see those kind of posts there where it's just like yeah like attack tehran this is not some city filled with millions and millions of, of terrorists or jihadis or something this is like a city just full of millions of normal people. Yeah. Like 99.99% uh, uh, yeah. normal people. Of individuals
2: that just uh, want to live their lives, exactly. that just want to provide for their family members, the that same. if you would look into their eyes, you would yes. understand that this is absolutely unreasonable, that this is mm-hmm. absolutely critically insane to want to take their lives for yeah. what?
0: It's crazy. Yeah. I, this is my my default position on all of these things. People are you oh, know, what's your take on Russia, Ukraine? What's your take on Israel, Palestine? I'm like, dude, It's the same dynamic. You've just got normal people. The vast majority of people dying are just normal people, everyday citizens. They haven't done anything wrong. They just happen to be born in a place where this conflict is going on. And now they're on the receiving end of it. Whether this is Russian people dying, this is Ukrainians dying, it's Israelis dying, Palestinians dying, whatever. The truth is the people who are stimulating all of this and funding all of it and cheering it all on... They're they're not at risk like they're they're far away. Sometimes they're not even in the same country. They're just just chilling off somewhere, giving all these commands and orders and whatever it is. And yeah, man, it, it, it's whack. It's well, it's
1: the it's the same. I mean, ironically, it's the same argument that Osama bin Laden made against America it's it's this collectivist mindset mm-hmm. that that you are ultimately because and he he kind of was using this in a sarcastic way in my opinion but he was saying that well you have a democratic system you want to spread democracy to the middle east right well you voted for these people so everything that they do they do in your name so you, you're yeah. held responsible whereas the people in the middle east oftentimes they don't have a vote so how can you possibly hold them to account i would argue it's Equally absurd to hold us to account for what Joe Biden or Donald Trump does, yeah. because I don't want them to be killing anybody. Uh, but this is this is the the problem with collectivism and not seeing people as individuals. Mm. If you if you see what Vladimir Putin did in response to the provocations from the U.S. Empire and the State Department and Zelensky and all the all the insanity, these are elites that are playing chess with pawns that are that are innocent human beings, yeah. and it's always that
3: way. But so also people are kind of guilty. Passively by um, benefiting off the system and not stopping it. Like if, if our country goes to war in the Middle East, like we have had cheaper materials the last ten or twenty years, and you know haven't haven't overthrown our government because we're that because we want to stop it. So we're kind of like, yeah, I don't like it, but you know, yeah, like all he, the benefits. Chinese
2: communist goods. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's also it's also just a lack of awareness, man. It, it, it's difficult. One one of the hardest things in life is sort of knowing what to care about and how much to right because we, we've all we've all got opinions and we're able to sit and have these type of discussions and beam it out to lots of people around the world which is dope but it's like we've all ultimately only got control of our own our own selves our locus of control so it, it, it's hard like if you were to try to take in just the daily news every day from all around the world you can't even take it in from one country right but every single day there's terrible things happening there's atrocities there's this going on that going you you can't even keep track of it all and there's something in your human brain which is like man you want to you want to care and empathize and feel and you do but also you can't if you truly on a deep level like cared about everything well number one you can't do anything about it some something bad happens in the north of nigeria tomorrow like we we can be like, Man, that sucks or this thing that's just happened, we're like, this sucks, but we can't really do anything about it. Yes. So I think en masse what tends to happen collectively is, you know, either people just don't know, they're just uninformed, or even if they do know, even if they read the article, it's like, no, that that sucks. Rest in peace. Um, I wish that wouldn't happen, but it's like, what do you what do you do?
1: Yeah, well a good example is, you know, in the nineteen sixties there was a very very vibrant anti-war movement. Mm. And I think it's because we had a very narrow scope of news. Like we had CBS and we had Fox and NBC. I don't even know if we had Fox back then, but ABC, it would be, you know, three channels, you know, that the war's happening. Everybody knows or know, you know, either has a family member Mm. that's been in Vietnam and, and was injured or killed, or they know someone who was in that situation. Now, What's, what's remarkable and also dis, disheartening to me is that we have been at war, the American Empire has been, my entire adult life, and we're just extraordinarily jaded because the, the casualties that we take because we're so advanced technologically are minimized, so most of us don't know anyone that's been harmed directly, mm. um, but it doesn't change the fact that the casualties on the other side are extraordinarily profound. But we just kind of like we glaze over. We're like, there's I, I, the reason I bring it up is because I was at the end the damn wars rally in D.C. in January of last year, so almost almost 12 months to the day, and 500 people maybe, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like we're risking World War Three with the largest nuclear power on Earth in Russia. And we and I the best I could do was get five hundred people out there. It's yeah. like it's mind blowing. Embedded- but at least
2: we have very competent leadership in the White House <laughs> right now, like Joe Biden, who don't bumble during their speeches, <laughs> who are very coherent, who are on message, know what they're doing, and are sending a very clear message to the world that we got it handled here, that no matter what the problem will be. As of course we now have a new speech by bumbling Joe Biden who is coming out and saying that Donald Trump is the sitting president of the United States. These are the latest statements that were given out by uh, this crazy old geezer, who for some reason still is the representation of U.S. hegemony. That American consumers are facing real confidence in their economy we're building. Let me tell you who else is noticing that. Donald Trump. Did you see what he recently said about the West, the, the, he wants to see the economy crash this year? The sitting president. As he's say in my faith, bless me, Father. Yeah, you know, American, the, the sure- sitting president of, of, of the United States, oh, who, of no. course, was, was just fined... Uh, 80 plus million dollars for defamation and is facing 750 plus years in jail after, of course, massive Department of Justice and states aligned with the Democratic Party going after him for uh, not doing his paperwork correctly enough. So I I got a positive spin on this one. Uh huh.
1: Biden doesn't know he's president. He can't order a strike against Iran. We might we might be better off. But I think he doesn't know that he can't do that when he's not president. That's wild. Honestly, even if he even if he knows he's the president, he's not the one that's ordering these strikes, folks. I'm sorry. Like it's so it's so obvious. Especially after Donald Trump tried to remove our troops from Syria and the generals lied to him. If if uh, Joe Biden were to order a strike that they didn't want, they just totally ignore the order. And if they want to strike something, they're going to go to his Secretary of Defense and say we're doing
3: this. Who, Whose day though?
1: Well, I can't talk about that. Yeah,
3: didn't Trump give command of the drone (laughs) war programs to, like, the generals of the military now so the president doesn't have authority? Yeah,
2: Donald Trump gave the disposition matrix to the CIA and the U.S. Pentagon, essentially allowing them to execute any American citizen they want outside the rule of law, outside of any kind of court hearing. So that power is now within the CIA, within the Pentagon. And is
3: it foreign people, too? If the CIA wants to drop a drone bomb somewhere, they don't have to run it through? It's specifically
2: for American citizens. um uh, but, but obviously, the United States has been dropping a lot of bombs, especially under the Barack Obama administration that calculated how many drones they dropped, where, and the civilian casualties. Trump, when he got into office, actually made sure that there was very l- little reporting of those drone strikes and the deposition matrix. So uh, we know Barack Obama killed about, uh, I, I think it's argued, seven to eight American citizens, one of them uh, a teenage American boy. Um, that, that was killed. But but w- what happened under Trump's administration, we, we hope, wasn't as significant as it was under Obama, but we still don't know because the numbers haven't been released. Because How many he made
0: non-American cho- American citizens did Obama kill? Huge amount. Seven.
2: Uh, oh, Non-American citizens? That That's a good number. It's, it's going to be very hard to kind of calculate that, to be quite honest. That- but he also came out... And gave very surprising interviews where, where he even kind of caught himself and said that he's not proud. Um, he's, he's I'm 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 paraphrasing what he said, but but he came out and he was like, I'm 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 not really happy with my foreign policy, with the effects I had on this world. And uh, when you look at what, what happened to Trump in Syria when he was trying to get troops out of there and the U.S. military told him, yeah, they're out, when they weren't, yeah. highlights that there is a day, that there is a military-industrial complex, that there is a higher power, bigger than the executive, bigger than the commander-in-chief in Washington, D.C., that is essentially saying, bomb this country, start this yeah. war, allow this incident to happen, um, so, what, some what you, people say it's what, intel this, agencies. This,
0: this is a general question to you guys, because I, I don't I don't actually know what all your perspectives are on this, but a, as Americans who are very much politically tuned in, what do you think America's general foreign policy should be? I mean, throughout our entire lives, it's just been this weird U.S. Team America, global police sort of thing, bases all over the place. Um, but, like, what what do you think it should be i know people who take the complete non-interventionist stance some people are so somewhere in the somewhere in the middle Then, of course you've got the warmongers who 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 were criticizing but but what what do you think what do you think the general policy should be?
2: Trade, um, allowing countries to interact and and to have commerce with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think prioritizing diplomacy, prioritizing shared interests, working together rather than uh, just kind of beating down the U.S. petrol dollar and demanding Mm -hmm. that be the reserve currency of the world. You could do that in an advantageous way where it doesn't involve dropping bombs on people. (laughs) It doesn't involve... Just uh, military hegemony and U.S. bases all around the world. It involves just uh, a, a, a kind of non-interventionist policy yeah. that you, respects think, people as well.
0: Do you think all these bases? I don't know. How, I have no idea how many bases there are all over the world, oh. but I wouldn't. I'm assuming it's at least in the hundreds. On the surface, I think it's. there could think be a, a lot, lot underground. 700 if I, 700. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you think those should be like brought back? Closed down and brought back. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I
1: mean, I'm an anomaly. I'm a very hard non-interventionist, mm-hmm. so I don't think that my opinion is reflective of the broader American you know, voting population. Sure. Just but- really
2: quick, uh, I'm getting a report here from OverseasBases.net, 625 base sites okay. there you all go. over the world. So, okay, close. Plus, yeah. I
1: guess it's 700, but... Um, yeah, I'm a hard non-interventionist. Every lie that we've been in has been predicated off of lies. Uh, the end goal is never what we're actually sold it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Iraq's a great example, but basically every war in my lifetime has been founded on deceit. Uh, but more importantly, at this junction, other than the innocents that are, are left in the wake of these catastrophic immoral decisions, which is the most tragic of all of it, but the, the real pragmatic answer is that financially right now, mm-hmm. $34 trillion in debt— over a trillion dollars uh, in interest on our debt alone, which is more than we spend on national defense, we're literally going to implode economically if we mm. continue on this path. So um, there's, for moral and pragmatic and financial and economic, all of the reasons we have to withdraw from the rest of the world and, yeah. uh, and allow for these other power brokers to to maintain control of the trading lanes and keep them safe, It kind of give them their own sphere of control, which mm. is all China and Russia have been asking for for the longest time. The truth is, we're trying to hold on. It's this Thucydides trap where it's like, are we going to go to war with these guys because we're unwilling to to take a step backwards? Yeah. So we'll see. I, but I'm I, yeah. curious what Ian.
2: There, there's so many existential threats to the world. There's so many things that we have to deal with, whether it comes to like natural disasters. I, I, I think really, some countries have things that other countries want. Other countries have what that other country wants as well, just trading for it, and then working together to try to maybe expand the, the human consciousness and the human race to, to outer space it, is something that I think would be a lot more advantageous than just by giving Halliburton and all these other military contractors a, a pound of flesh and all of our tax dollars. Yeah. Um, this, this Federal Reserve banking system absolutely serves no one. It robs everyone of their wealth. Inflation is one of the biggest taxes on the poorest people of this world, and we're dealing with a lot of taxes, a yeah. lot of theft. So if we all kind of worked together, shared, traded, and, and worked towards expanding consciousness and humanity, that's a lot better off of a deal than what we're doing right now, which, again, is going to come back around and screw over not just uh, America's interests, but the American people as well that are paying the price for this with this uh, banking system. As, of course, we also got reporting now from Al Jazeera that is highlighting an infographic, highlighting how the United States now has over 750 bases in at least 80 countries worldwide and spends more in its military than the next... Ten countries combined. That's that's a lot of money. That's insane. That's actually. a lot of interest. That's insane. That's a lot of banksters being very happy with that. But but what what are we getting for that money? What, that's are, we, what, are, we, what are we doing for especially this?
0: Especially when you even account for like population size. Yes. Right. So both India and China have triple the population. Forex, x. Yeah. Yeah. Three to four times the population of the U.S. And that man, the next ten combined. Yep. Aren't you?
1: And and then and then when you add on. When you once you have that scale in mind, now think about the fact that our interest payment in the next twelve months is going to be one hundred and fifty percent of that dollar amount that mm. that we just discussed. That's what our national defense, our interest is that much bigger than that. Ian, you've you've always struck me as like both like this, uh, you know, Buddhist peacenik, but simultaneously you you will will. Veer into kind of an authoritarian tendency that always catches me off guard. What what is your what is your perspective on our military industrial yeah. complex yeah. And, and put them in the gulags and make them all make graphene, <laughs> right, Ian? <Thank> you. <laughs>
3: Uh I don't know. No, no no let me let me we got this. really
2: happy I saw that smile that first second um,
3: shutting down military bases I don't think would be a good idea because if if we're in one world and if people start polluting the world we need to someone needs to make sure that we don't shit in the river upstream I um, mean
0: when you say polluting are you using that metaphorically or just literally literally actually destroying the air and the and the water we gotta so protect you want that. our
3: militaries to control. Emissions and things I would, like that. I would love to see the United States lead a coalition with China, Russia, and India to preserve the Arctic for one, build space elevators all over the planet to induce like space travel and space transport, but also build solar power, water condensation, like go to places that don't have water and make it, build them water, get them clean water. It's like goodwill missions, things that we can do with our military to, to reparations for what we've done the last 80, 70, 80 years being the global police, we can still kind of police the planet without destroying it, I think. But I, but I, we don't, okay. though.
0: Yeah, But that would be what I'd There's like no to incentive. see. There's no incentive, to. Yeah, the incentive yeah. would be like, hey, pay it forward. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I,
1: my, my issue is, like,
0: we have the largest military
1: in human history, and they're not doing any of that, and yet you still think it's a bad idea to pull back. I mean, they're not over there regulating pollution. They're over there... If anything, they're over there to to get the mineral rights for things that ultimately pollute the earth. I've actually heard that if the
3: American military was a corporation, it would be the most pollutant corporation
1: on earth.
2: (laughs)
0: No. Uh, it is disturbing, it wow. Is. Wow.
3: Yeah. but like hydrogen fuel is a real thing, and we have these ships in the navy that run off hydrogen. They they never have to refuel. They just take salt so, water on board, yeah, they it, turn it into hydrogen. If they...
2: you look at the biggest carbon emitter, it's the U.S. military. Wow. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that, but yeah. it doesn't surprise me. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, I mean, there's still there's still so much of the Earth we haven't even discovered ourselves. There's so much of, of the ocean we haven't e- even um, understood ourselves. We haven't even been or seen. There's so many things that we could be doing as as humanity yeah. that that's so disappointing because we're caught in this kind of like ego trip kind of world where it's like, no, we got to show toughness and the, we got to destroy someone else and show them that we could do this. And I'm like, we could not too. The, thing,
0: the thing is, I have a question actually. What's the, So the U.S. has, what, 750 or so bases around the world, 80 different countries. Do you know what the second country is with the most?
2: I'm going to look that up right now. I'm, as curious, you guys to, will, I'm curious
0: because it, it, it it's interesting because... If any other country were to have that, if, if China or Russia or even India, which is not considered as much of an aggressor, were to have just so many bases scattered all these different continents and countries, it's like, I don't, I, I, think, I think we're kind of used to it because it's the U.S. and it's been that way our whole lives. But I think if you kind of step out of that frame and just think of it neutrally, it's a completely insane idea.
3: Yeah, to think that a Chinese military base, fully armed with nuclear weapons, just, in Cuba yeah, or like in, just in all Vancouver, over,
0: just in Ger- like in German, or in, Germany, in the United States—yeah, like, just scattered all over the place—it um, would be. What do you say? I would be. It would make give me a nervous feeling in my stomach. Yeah, and it does to a lot of people around the world.
2: I'm Rightful looking up so, uh, the second country. And like, yeah. I'm not
3: saying we need to shut down tomorrow and just start, but I feel like we have control of like Libya, for instance, like a puppet state. We could start rebuilding that, but like. Just like for the people I mean I don't know man I'm talking about Like what I would do With the military From a very distant Kind of Ignorant perspective. I mean,
1: what what is the what is the net benefit you see in the current
3: paradigm? That because, in because twenty years, those kids that watched us build their families, riverways, and things would be like, "I love America." No, no, no. America but, saved my life. But that's that's predicated off of
1: what you would like to see the military doing, not what the military is doing. Mm. Like the, if you think that the people of Afghanistan are going to look back on the twenty years of occupation and the schools we built and the police houses and all this, all this, all this other shit, they don't look at it favorably, brother. They don't. They're, they're thrilled that we left. They're not exactly happy that the Taliban took back over, but they're also very happy that there's no longer drones overhead 24-7. So I think that your perspective as to our empire being uh, perceived or received in a positive
3: fashion is just not the reality of the people there. Yeah. There are people that like are very South America, very grateful for cell phones. Thank you, capitalism, for giving me I have this access to cool stuff. Agreed. And like that kind of vibe, it could be kind of instantiated with U.S. I don't know if we uh, need the we, military. To well, this force is just really people.
2: quick. I just I just found that answer. The second biggest military in the world is China, and they have one overseas military base one. in the Horn of Africa, <laughs> and a Rand <laughs> report is is saying that they're actually seeking to expand that to four countries. Uh, where they might potentially build military bases in Pakistan, Bangladesh, Cambodia, or Myanmar. Wow. Wow. So they might do that. So the U.S. has uh,
0: 750 on the and surface.
2: the
3: second one. I bet that we built underground <laughs>
1: bases
2: in I Afghanistan. I not know it was that
0: that yeah. out of whack. Yeah, Gosh. bro.
1: Like when, when I, wow. People get mad when I talk about it being the American empire. They're like, we're not an empire. I'm like, yeah, we are, dude. You just don't understand. You just don't know what's actually happening. It's yeah. And, liberal and empires course.
2: have life cycles as well. Yeah. And we're kind of coming to an end of the this kind of 250-year cycle that a lot of people are kind of very worried about. Yep. As, as, as uh, The writings are on the wall. Yep. I, like everything's kind of falling apart. You look at what happened in Rome. You look at what happened with all these other great empires before us. The the decadence the the kind of confusion especially when it comes to genders, all that it's kind of repeating. And how is it going to be playing out in a technocratic, artificially intelligence influenced world is something that I think is going to be far more devastating than a lot well, of people could even comprehend.
3: Trying to to forego a world war three they don't want war they don't want this uh i is disagree it, what was it called disagree. um when one superpower eclipse starts to eclipse Through another they, tra- they want to avoid tra- these traps yeah. so what they're doing they, they want to create what's called a new world george bush herbert walker bush said this in the 90s we're going to make a new world order this liberal economic order is coming to an end we don't want it to become a war with china or russia so we're trying to avoid that we're just trying to technocratically financially more for, or, you know, there's a word that starts with a V that would say, explain what we're doing. What they want to do is like variant, I don't know, but change it to uh, uh, a new world order that is without killing the world. Um, You could argue maybe they are like the world economic forum is obsessed
2: with it. You're you're being too nice to them. And I would argue what you just (laughs) said is the complete opposite of the truth. But the problem is
3: like you said earlier, like what, we're going to go over there and be like, in order to avoid war, we're going to start a bunch of war. It doesn't make sense. It's gotten to a point of almost lunacy. Well, yes, to a point of lunacy.
1: Yeah, it has. And I mean this this is the issue though, is that if you if you agree with this liberal world order agenda and that you're willing to force any nation that is unwilling to acquiesce via violence, which is what we're talking about. Putin is a nationalist. China is not interested in necessarily being part of the New World Order or the Liberal World Order. They they want their sphere of influence, they mm-hmm. want to have autonomy, they want to be left alone, largely. So the the, the We're at loggerheads. And what we're facing is a nation with 1.5 billion people and 300 advanced nuclear weapons and a nation with 100 million people and 6,000 advanced nuclear weapons, the most advanced nuclear arsenal in the world. And they're telling you no. So what do you do then? Well, the answer is obviously you back off. You don't go to war with nuclear powers with 1.7 billion, com, you know, combined people. It's it's total lunacy. Yeah. Well,
2: it's not just nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons are like sticks and stones compared to the latest kind of advancements that they have to. I would say fifth generational warfare, but more importantly, unconventional warfare that I think already is being waged against the people of this world in many strange ways that we still don't even comprehend right now. Because if you look at the the, the situation, turbo cancers go up obesity going up infertility going up all of those are sites people not having families fatherless homes all of those major hallmarkers going up and then uh, no one's really talking about these larger issues it, it makes you kind of wonder what's really going on here from my perspective ian uh, I, I would absolutely disagree with you i would say what you said is the complete opposite of what's happening here and i would say these guys are coalescing working together in such a way in order to of course not have any allegiance to any particular country but to have allegiance for themselves and, and the uber elites who want to live forever and upload their consciousness into this larger kind of internet, ether, AI future as, of course, they see everyone as plebs and they want to depopulate them and call them and, and make them the slave class that, of course, is going to be cleaning up their trash or cleaning up or doing whatever small, petty tasks that need to get I, done.
3: I believe you're right. that There is a corporate technocratic movement to do that, to enslave the population, but I think they're doing it to bypass World War III. They would, they don't want it to happen because they don't want to ha- be the kings of nuclear wreckage. They want to put people in in like, you know, psychedelic <laughs> pods or whatever. They want to they want to like quell and sedate the populace of the planet so that we can sort of. And, they, and it seems like it's very communist, like the corporate control. If you ever work for a corporation, it's it's very communist, like or at least it's very like totalitarian, I guess, and communism is a form of totalitarianism. It's authoritarian, but at like least oligarchy. it's voluntarily entered into. I yeah, mean, that's, exactly. That's the difference, so, is I can actually quit and go to a different corporation that doesn't treat me and like technocracy crap. technocracy is not voluntary. Technocracy is like, yo, we're using Google, and, and Google's doing whatever Google's doing behind the scenes, and yes. it's not up
1: to me. Well, it, and, and what makes it even more nefarious is that it's being implemented by Democrat, democratically elected people that are, that are implementing these plans surreptitiously. They're not advertising it. They're just like, like you have all these young global leaders, Gavin Newsom and Trudeau and Christia Freeland and uh, the lunatic from Australia, I forget her name. Um, but they don't, they don't really put it out there that, yeah, I'm implementing the world, that, like you voted for me or someone put me in power and now I'm going to implement the World Economic Forum's plan across the world along with all of these people working in tandem. They
3: don't tell us but that. Yeah, here's the thing. Well, last 80 years horrible, as far as we can tell, geopolitically, horror. US military, 700 military bases, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, I mean, the list goes on. Is it not better that we have a technocratic one world? I mean, what's better? Is it better to have this super liberal military power bombing and controlling, and then it's just going to come to a head until everyone else has had it? And then it's going to be a?
1: I have a very strong answer to that one. And would you like to have an off ramp? Would you like to have a plan B? Because if you have a global technocratic system, there is no escape hatch. You are, you are doomed to whatever they, they deem you destined yeah, to. There's that's, no sovereignty. There's
2: no personal liberty. Horrific. There's no personal responsibility. It's a system deciding what is best for the system and not for you as an individual to decide your own path in life as you're giving up all autonomy. But if if it, we came to World
3: War III and it was total nuclear annihilation, it could be even worse than that afterwards. Well, total nuclear annihilation is obviously worst-case scenario, but I'm just saying like that's a terrible false binary to put me into. But, Technocratic
1: globalism or nuclear holocaust. Or, World or, like, or more War III. like, neither, thank you?
3: Like, or more yeah. of liberal economic order, more of American military control. Like, what is the, those three things, we've got American military obsession, or we've got
2: technocratic it's control, not that, it's not or that we've black got, so we got tribalism yeah. all over again. I think again. we first have to kind of diagnose the problem. I, I, I kind of, uh, Zuby, I kind of described what I kind of see happening. Mm. I, I saw the CIA work with the Chinese government, specifically when it came to engineering what I believe to be a larger uh, biological agent that I think they deliberately released on the world i think them working together highlights how it's it's not the best choices of countries but but uh, a, a kind of bigger kind of elitist class working against everyone that's my kind of understanding of it what's your understanding of the world and how it kind of works and operates and and who's on the top of this kind of pyramid that we all keep talking about Whew, sorry that's man. like that's like that's like a very like <laughs> boom, give us everything right now a kind of question and and i apologize if i'm just yeah, kind of I'm, throwing I'm, it I'm, at you
0: i'm gonna come at this from a I'm going to come at this from a, a different angle. And I have a belief that the problem of all of human history and pretty much every country, you know, whenever people ask me, who who do, you, who do you think runs the world or who who's this, who's they or whatever, I think that ultimately, when it comes down to it, the power always resides with the people. And the problem is the people don't know that and realize it. Yep. The, the pe- people, the the average person doesn't realize it. If you want to see a microcosm of this, think back to the uh, twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two era I refer to as the scamdemic. Right? So take take something like the like the mask mandates. Do you know what it would, what it would have taken to, to end that? Everyone just take your masks off.
1: Right.
0: Just take them off. Just take them off, and it's a wrap. You you think someone's going to come and like try to. If if one person, if just one person does it, oh, target that guy, right. get him back in line, or you know whatever. If everyone was just like, you know what, this is dumb. Like, no, we're not doing this. It's it 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 ends right there with, with the mandate, with v- vax mandates, whatever it is. I I have um, I know um, I know a young lady, her her uh, brother. I don't know which I don't know which city he's in, but he's in the um, he was in the police force. And when they were pushing the, the the V mandate amongst that police force, um, the police officers together, collectively, whether they'd taken the shot or not, or were for it against it, they all they all just collectively agreed, no, we we don't support this mandate, right? We're not going to have our our fellow law enforcement brothers and sisters being forced to do this or being pushed out of the force because they are un- they're not comfortable with it or they don't want to wear. The next day, the mandate dropped. Yep. They just stood together collectively and were like, no, no, this isn't right. Um, we stand together and that's it. And they were like, oh, OK, well, if you're all standing together, we can't enforce this on you. Are you going to lose your entire police force? No, of course not. Right. So they, they, they back off. And I think that this scales in general. I think it scales in general. I think if, look, especially where you have countries with democratic processes, Right. Like I've made this point so many times I've made people angry on the Internet many times as, you know, as as the British outsider who looks at the USA and I see that there are it's not 330 million people in this country. It's definitely at least 350 million. Um, And I look at who the presidential elections come down to. 2016, you can have Hillary Clinton or you can have Donald Trump. 2020, you can have Joe Biden or you can have Donald Trump. This year, it's looking like it's going to be you can have Joe Biden or you can have Donald Trump. I'm like in a country of three hundred and fifty million people, many of them brilliant entrepreneurs, business people. So I'm like, how are these the options? I don't I it's bizarre to me. I've seen well, Vivek has just dropped out. Um, I remember with the Democratic run last time you know i remember you know tulsi gabbard drops out like andrew yang like they don't even stand a chance it's like the people who actually are whether or not you totally agree with their policies or whatever the people who are actually like con- competent can string sentences together <laughs> can relate to people on both sides like they're just normal i'm, I'm like how are they getting two percent this person's getting like two percent of the vote and then this person here who can't it's it's odd to me and i know that people want to say oh it's all it's all fraud it's all election it's I think that's a cope. It's not. It's like people are by the dozens of millions voting yep. for these people and putting them in power over and over and over again. Um, in the in the in ma- in many countries, you 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 have the same the same thing going on. And I just think, I, I, yeah, I, I I genuinely believe that <laughs> the the people that there's look, even if you just think numbers, there there are. A thousand citizens per. I don't. I don't know what the actual ratios are. Right, but the people in power versus the number of just normal people, civilians, public. It's like a thousand to one, or whatever it's, it is. Right. If if people ever like woke up and were just like, actually, yeah, it might no, be it might be a hundred thousand to right? one. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Right. It's just like and. and and maybe this has been true all of human history. Well, there's,
2: a, there's a meme uh, that I posted okay. on Instagram showing uh, a bunch of uh, oligarchs at the dinner table uh, with uh, people surrounding them, and uh, they're saying, and we call them those in power, as of course there's a, cra- more, a crap ton more of the average people and, and, and very few of the kind of bureaucratic Beckys out there that are telling you how to live your life and yeah. controlling every I, well, aspect of it. Yeah, Clint,
3: I want to hear where you, because you just moderated the libertarian yeah, de- presidential debates. So you're talking about uh, people with... I want
2: to get into that autism a little
3: bit later. But so, okay. uh, let me uh, respond to what you were saying about sure. power to the people. Because yeah. I agree that in mass groups, people have immense amounts of authority. But the problem is two parts. One is, I feel like if that scales, it scales up to communism, where it's like, people are very good at saying no But it's a very small percentage relatively of the human race that is good at organizing and wants to do that on a daily basis. So those people kind of become this, what they call the elite. They're the ones that are willing to like say, hold on, I'm going to do all the paperwork. I'm going to do all the math. Everyone else just do your thing. And everyone's like, good, I don't want to do the math anyway. I have kids. I want to go home. I want to relax. So like.
2: But but it's not those people, Ian. It, it's sociopaths that usually rise to the top positions of power and use those smart people in order to get there by convincing them, fooling them, lying to them. This is why Washington D.C. has more sociopaths per capita than any other place in the entire world because it coalesces around the centers of power. So th- this is this is routinely what happens. This Sorry. is a, this is a really
1: unpopular point to make in the libertarian crowd, and given that I'm running for the vice president, the LP, uh, <laughs> it's a really unpopular thing to say. But I think it's true and empirically provable that it's much easier to get people to revolt if if it's predicated off of greed and hunger and, you know, not the most noble of instincts. Mm. It's like it's it's a more base drive. I think this is why Marxist revolutions are so much more commonplace than a libertarian one that I think is the closest thing we've seen would be the founding of the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of the other ones that you can think of are basically Marxist leaning, where it's like, these rich people have everything, and I've got nothing, and I'm going to take it from them. Mm. And I just think that it's very challenging to get a population that is willing to rise up and demand nothing other than to be left alone. (laughs) Like That's super rare. I mean, almost unheard of in in human
2: history. So The the libertarian conspiracy to take over everything and and then then, allow people to mm -hmm. live their lives and not do anything. Even the
3: United States, they might have said that they just want to be left alone, but they were seizing resources from the native population in the, and pretending they weren't even people. They were like, those aren't even human. Don't worry about it. We're just taking, taking, taking war, military. Like, yeah, we could say it was a libertarian, you know, America was, but it wasn't. It was military, and autocratic, like authoritarian,
1: I, yes militaristic. No. I mean, it was certainly, it was imperial in that they were taking land that didn't belong to them. But you got to also understand, there's been a lot of hagiography uh, hey, written about the, the native tribes. Oftentimes they were warring with one another, The American, uh, you know, explorers or whatever you want to call them, they were sometimes they were trading with the tribes and then they would run into a warring one and they would fight them too. So it's like, it's not easy to, you know, like we can't paint with a broad brush yeah. on this just one. Just
2: really quick, before we go over to Rumble, there's still some issues I wanted to talk about with the latest events that just happened in Jordan. As of course, we have Donald Trump's response to all of this as he is coming out and saying that, quote, our country cannot survive with Joe Biden as commander and chief. He released some very interesting statements on the truth social. They're, they're very very kind of uh, long winded we're gonna read just uh, a little bit of them he said quote the drone attack on a US military installation in Jordan killing three American service members and wounding many more marks a horrible day for America my most profound sympathies go to the families of the brave service men we have lost I ask all Americans to join me in praying for those who have been wounded this brazen attack on the United States is yet another horrific and tragic consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender now that's definitely a, a lot different of a response than joe biden who's calling donald trump the sitting president and announcing that they're going to be striking back quick and fast when we still don't know exactly what happened here what do you guys make of donald trump's uh, re- response here as of course he's shifting the blame against joe biden mm. and in reality like okay the, the guy's not there he's not running anything he's a puppet I, I, you're kind of ex- exploiting this thing for, for political brownie points here too, dude. I, okay,
0: I, I think this this whole thing this whole thing just sucks because I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Obviously, rest in peace to anyone who died, and my prayers go out to those who are injured. I can't help but wonder if another nation, let's say it's China or it's Russia or it's it's Iran was just, I don't know, chilling having military bases like in Canada or in Mexico or whatever. And I don't, I'm not, I mean, wouldn't the U.S. strike against them? 100%. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Like... The, if it was even a thought the thi- in their it, head, it, yeah. they would already be doing strikes against That's them. That's what I mean. It's like the whole thing just kind of sucks because I'm not trying to like, you know, victim blame kind of thing. But I'm also just like, why... Why is that there? Like, why? Why are those people there? This is not. Oh, they attacked the United States of America. Right. It's. I don't even know why y'all are over in that region. I mean, we've never even had a conflict and, with Jordan. That, that yeah, I'm that's aware what I mean. So, like I, I don't even understand. But, but
1: we have had conflict with Syria. We have bases there. We, they never invited us in. It's an invasion without a declaration of war. We've been there for years. Yeah. I mean, th- this is why I pushed back against Ian earlier. Is that you know this is. This is incredibly inflammatory to the rest of the world. And all you have to do is for one second put yourself in the shoe of anyone that lives in any of these countries going like, why do these people think that they have the right to have a military base in my country? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very antagonistic. Yeah. It's God, so insulting.
2: Trump's second statement on Iran also seems very antagonistic against Iran here, as of course of he course. says that it was uh, Iranian backed Hamas that attacked Israel. Again, there's no proof of that. There's a lot of allegations. He talks about how he had maximum pressure under his administration and how this attack wouldn't have happened if he was president of the United States, that there also wouldn't be a war in Ukraine if he was president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And that quote, we are on the brink of World War III. These are statements being made by Donald Trump on Truth Social right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's telling the truth here? Would we be better off with a Trump presidency right now? Well, I mean,
3: if this was a false flag and someone bombed our own thing to get us to go, he, he might not be smart enough to realize that. Like, he didn't mention anything about like, cooler heads prevail. Maybe this wasn't who we think it was. He, he started victim, or he started... um scapegoating immediately, which is, I think, one of the big problems that he's done over the years is like, it's Joe Biden's fault, everyone. Bad guy over there. Vote for me instead because I'm better. And I would hope that the president would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you sure this is what we think? But then at the same time, they just they just kill him. Like Kennedy, he's like, I'm not going to I'm not going to follow your this is like it's not part of the plan. So maybe 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 we would have been better off. But at the same time, maybe, he, you know, Trump, he fired those missiles into um into Iran, he know. killed their general. Like like, Biden, he killed Soleimani. I mean, that B- was Biden
1: just killing essentially
2: along. their uh, head of the Department of Defense, yeah. uh, and uh, he he launched missiles into Syria. The, the, look, the, yeah.
0: this this might be like an, an ignorant question, um, but why is why is Iran viewed as the USA's enemy? What's Iran
2: done to the US? Uh, can I answer that on on Rumble? <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with well, um, to one of uh, you know the U.S.'s greatest allies and yeah. their interests in the region that are geopolitically opposed against Iran. That's the re- um, that's the answer. It is, and, and um, I mean,
3: let's kick off the it, Rumble show with this conversation. We're going to go to
2: Rumble in just uh, three minutes. We actually got some uh, Rumble rants and some super chats. We got one by Meta Mario saying, "Clint, are you going to debate Papa Bear again?"
1: Yeah. Uh, Uh, Owen Benjamin is supposed to come on Liberty Lockdown sometime this week open. I'm, I'm pretty open. I, I've been traveling the last three weeks, but hopefully we can set it up.
2: We got a Rumble rant by Patriot Purchasing saying Netanyahu's older brother was in Israel's Special Forces, injured and retired, came to the United States, graduated Harvard. When BB joined Special Forces, his brother returned to join his unit and died freeing hostages. I never uh, well, knew that. Respect to him. Um, we got another one here by Harry Toe2 saying, what's up with this lag? It's on YouTube and Rumble. We don't know. If you look at my screen right now these are my internet speeds you got the download and uploads we're doing really well What's going on here? I don't know, but what we are going to be doing is of course recording this conversation and re-uploading it so there's no lag. So uh, some people are reporting that if they just go a little bit back, they could watch everything and there's no real issues and problems here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if, you're, you, if you are experiencing any issues, we apologize for that. And then just wait a little bit and then the full HD recording of this podcast will be out on all platforms. Apple, Spotify, Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're on all of them on thebestpoliticalshow.com as of course, We've been working our butts off here. And I am the producer, the booker, the tech support guy, and I'm doing all sorts of things that I don't really know how to do. So we appreciate all of you amazing human beings bearing with us as, of course, we get a lot of this done as we have another super chat here by self-made women saying, YouTube, whose drip do I have to lick to get a stable stream already? Great question. Just uh, rewind a little bit back, and of course, maybe you shouldn't be having any problems Let me just here. say real quick, uh, if you guys want us to get a backup internet so that
1: we can have uh, you know, latency-free no matter what happens with one line or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where's, that, where's that wish list? Oh, I, I sent it to you. And the second one? Oh, not the second one, but LukeUnfiltered.com. Sign up to become a supporter of the show so that we have the finances so that we can make this literally the best political show because in terms of what we have to say it already is, but in terms of our equipment, not quite there yet. We're we're
2: literally working with, like, bootleg equipment. Like, (laughs) if you look at the webcams, they're, like... Sometimes Ian's in, in focus. Sometimes he's not. You look at mine, like this is my regular camera that I have for my videos for, for the main YouTube channel. So, of course, I have that set up pretty well. And then we we're got on a the
1: laptop camera. We, cam got, right we
2: got the potato cam with, uh, <laughs> with Clint and Stephanie sharing a microphone and sharing headphones because we, we we in the ghetto here <laughs> and we're literally working from a laptop and not a desktop. So, uh, I asked Clint because I've been busy booking guests and, and figuring all this stuff out. And I'm like, hey, man. We gotta have a we gotta have a wish list of stuff we need to purchase in order to make this a fully functioning good podcast. Since it, it, when you start out podcast, you're you're in the red. You're, it's not it's not good in the beginning. You don't get a lot of viewers. You don't get a lot of supporters. So uh, we're we're adding a lot of uh, you know it's a specific hardware to just making all of this work. You guys can make it work. Clint has volunteered to do the wish list and we'll finish it later on today. Yes. And we'll release that for everyone out there. But we're going to make the official move now to to Rumble, our virtual safe space where we get to talk about some real... Hot Button and Spicy Issues. There's a lot of news specifically about America's greatest ally as well with John Fetterman and Nancy Pelosi doing some very interesting things that I think are worth talking about, particularly with to that subject. I want to get into health. I want to get into wealth. I want to get into hacking this matrix grid system that we're all a part of to live the best version of life that you personally can with Zuby that, of course, has a lot of experience in this particular field. We're going to be getting into that plus a lot more all on rumble.com forward slash we are change if you haven't subscribed yet what are you waiting for click the notification button download the app there's a tv app they got a, they got it all they're doing some really incredible things and they more importantly just allow us to speak freely which sadly we cannot do here on youtube so as we uh, transition off uh zuby uh, as we leave our youtube audience where can people find out more information about you and support your work
0: at zuby music Um, on all platforms and you can check out teamzoobie.com and you can find all my music, merchandise, books, everything there. Nice.
3: Ian? At Ian Crossland, all on the internet. Follow me, you're going to love it. You do love it. (laughs) And I love you.
1: You tell him, Ian. Ian's one of the best people on the planet, even though he's fucking wants military bases and drives me crazy. At Liberty Lockpot. And, and gulags. And gulags to make everyone make Garofine. Sorry. <laughs> At Liberty Lockpot on X, if you want to subscribe and uh, support my work, I'd appreciate that. Liberty Lockdown's the show. If you're on YouTube, hop over there and hit a subscribe real quick. Should have Owen Benjamin on later this week. I also do Tower Gang. Don't subscribe to that. And uh, we'll see you on Rumble in just a sec.
2: But most importantly, follow Clint Russell on com. This is Steph. We are change. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on X at StephWRC. Thank you. Go over right now. What are you doing? You could vote with your clicks. You could vote with your attention. And I can't incentivize you guys to do that enough. There's very few platforms that actually stand up for creators, that are actually honest with them, that actually communicate with them, that actually fight for them in a court of law and stand up to governments who say, hey, shut this channel down. Take away this creator's money. YouTube says bug off. No, excuse me. Rumble says bug off. <laughs> YouTube says, yeah, we'll, we'll do it gladly. Hey, let's ruin people's lives. Sure. Why not FBI, CIA is, of course, <laughs> they specifically targeted so many different channels, so many online independent content creators. And truly, you guys going over to Rumble is that small little action that does amount to a lot of very significant changes. Of course, one of the things that we can't talk about on YouTube is... Um, Israel, which sucks because we should be having honest, real conversations about the Israeli government, about the influence that they have. But sadly, the conversation is dominated by uh, a lot of lunatics, by a lot of racists, because they make it a taboo subject. It shouldn't be a taboo subject. It should be a subject that should be discussed like any other subject, like any other country, like Ukraine, like Syria, like Somalia, whatever country you might be discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the conversation with Russia has been uh, specifically centered, I believe, with predictive programming in order to kind of push us closer to a war with oh, them. Oh, I agree, yeah. So the dialogue there really hasn't been honest by the corporate media in that specific realm. But I wanted to talk about Israel as it looks like that Joe Biden is taking steps to actually throttle their supply of weapons— as he is feeling some pressure from protesters who are saying that Netanyahu's bombing campaign is going too far. What do you guys make of this decision as it's an interesting one since the Biden administration is being criticized for not doing enough for Israel and doing too much for Israel at the same time? The conversation, again, muddied once again. How do we unmuddy this situation? How do we make sense of it? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he says he's going to stop sending stuff, but they just keep doing it.
3: That would not surprise me at yeah. all.
1: Yeah, so he gets the best of both worlds, essentially. Mm. He gets to pretend as if he's a peacenik while uh, still being a blood-soaked neocon. Well, I think that's actually probably what he ends up doing. Uh, just to get back to your, your question at the end of the, to the stream, the reason I, I can't say it is because if I say it on YouTube, there's a good chance that they they will at least demonetize or strike us down. But the truth is, it's very well known that the the leadership in Israel has used the American Empire to defend itself against uh, what they perceive to be their number one threat in Iran. Mm-hmm. That's just true. It's like it's no. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging it, but uh, to say it anywhere else could get us in a lot of trouble. So I had to. I had to refrain. Talk
3: about Jordan. Why do we have military bases in Jordan? You got to pull up Google Maps or some sort of map. Look at the border of Israel and Jordan. It looks like one big country. The the name of Jordan. I just looked this up. It's called the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. Hashem is the is the Israeli word for God. Why are they using? It's a Hebrew term for God, Hashem. So the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan, why are they using Maybe they just speak Hebrew in Jordan. I don't know. I didn't know that. I speak I, Arabic
2: and Jordan. How yeah. tight,
3: so why are they using a Hebrew term in to define the their nation? Well, it could
2: I, I blame Zuby's people. It, it looks like I, blame, I, 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 I blame the British because the British specifically chopped up with the Europeans the Middle East in a way yeah. that was kind of... Don't look uh, at me. I'm at, uh, yeah. this, That's what it looks Wait, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, now you're Nigerian. Huh? When you, <laughs> can be a, very convenient. Very convenient right when now. When you see the drawing
3: yeah. of the borders of Israel and Jordan right now, literally the southern border of Israel is directly connected to the southern border of Jordan, like like one one country almost here. You've got these freeways coming in from Saudi Arabia in the east, so they probably bartered with them to be like, we want these roads. Then they're like, okay, and then up here you got a little bit of... There,
1: there's documents from uh, antiwar.com that have, have done a really great job of explaining... Uh, what's happened to the Middle East over the past 30 years since the neoconservatives took over. And for those that aren't aware, the neoconservatives in America that took over through the Project for a New American Century, they were basically the Israel lobby that took over our geopolitical uh, planning operations. And they did so in an incredibly, spectacularly successful fashion. Not successful for the Middle East, but very, very successful for Israel in that they, they wanted to arm and fund and, uh, and support the most radical elements of Islam all throughout the Middle East so that there would be provocations that would allow for the American empire to perceive them as nails and hammer them all down. And Netanyahu
2: so- implemented a very similar policy supporting, of course, Hamas, yes. which was a radical sect rather than, of course, the kind of moderate sect of, of the Palestinians that he didn't want to negotiate with. And, of course, uh, kind of weigh these, uh, as you were describing, weigh the situation more advantageous for them. But... It bit them, uh, bit them in the butt after well, afterwards. But, but did it, though?
1: I mean, that's the real question. I know this. I couldn't at all even theorize this on YouTube, <laughs> but it has to be asked, if you're funding the most radical elements in Gaza, which is Hamas, you're doing so uh, overtly, stated in front of the Knesset, the Israeli Senate, saying that we have to do so because the rest of the world will never permit a terrorist organization like Hamas to be the, the controlling uh, government of what will ultimately be a two-state solution. So we don't want a two-state solution, so we're going to keep Hamas in there. Okay, now we've been arming and funding Hamas. Uh, Hamas then ends up attacking us. We don't have a reaction for seven hours. And then as a result of that, we fucking flatten Gaza with over a million uh, you know, women and children inside of it. It's like... Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's what's happening here, but it's it. Ha- the question has to be asked: Is this not ultimately what? people like Netanyahu wanted to see happen. Well, I don't know.
2: Well, right now we're getting reports of the Biden administration using weapon sales to Israel as a way to, quote, convince them to scale back their operations in Gaza. They're also detailing how specifically, according to some White House sources, they are going to be withholding any kind of offensive military equipment, but continuing to send defensive systems into the region. All of this, as John Fetterman was recently uh, described as trolling pro-Palestinian protesters who showed up to his home by standing outside of it with an Israeli flag and Nancy Pelosi also, very interestingly now, is claiming that Russia is behind pro-Palestinian protest here in the United States. Oh, my gosh. Um, that, that really doesn't make sense. She's also an old lady. She's also um, not all there as well. Zubi, what do, you, what do you make of this situation? A lot of people are automatically polarized on this issue, and they go very far into supporting or hating one particular group and ideologies. How do, you, how do you make sense of this all? Because it seems like a lot of people just lose their minds when this topic kind of comes. Up.
0: Man, it makes me want to just go back to Dubai and chill. Just go to somewhere where politics doesn't even exist. There's no conflict. There. What's this? There's, lo- no, there's no cultural war. There's no politics. There's no nothing, man. Um, I think. Do, do a you lot have gender-neutral ba- ba- bathrooms, though? No, just male and female. Is
3: it just like an economically focused country? Yeah, totally. It's like, the and most that's how capital-
0: the world should it's like be. The most capitalistic place in the world everyone's just there trying to make make money work their jobs run their businesses look after their families take care of their kids educate themselves um yeah it's dope i like it uh it's i don't know man i i I don't i don't have strong perspectives on all of this stuff because honestly i'm not ultra well versed in it and i don't spend i always i you know i see headlines i have a general idea of things going on in the world but as i've said i tend to focus on my own locus of control and encourage other people to do the same. I think a lot of this stuff is a massive shame. It sucks. I I look at the course of human history, I look at many conflicts going on around the world in all different continents, and I'm just like, this sucks, man. It's just innocent people dying, civilians dying in all these unfortunate ways. But also it's just like, I don't know what can, I do what I can. I very much do what I can. Um, But I don't know I don't know. I, I also don't really know what's going on. Like, this is just the information we know. This is what the media is telling us. These are the things that we can join. I mean, I would imagine there's a whole multiple other layers above this where we don't really know. Yeah. I don't know what's going, been going on. The, some of these things have been running for decades, centuries. I mean, if you're talking Israeli-Palestine conflict, I was reading my, you know, the Old Testament this morning, and this is going back thousands of years people pretend oh this stuff just started last year or something and i don't know man there's this eternal history the, the truth of a lot of it is this this might sound kind of trite but if human beings could just like chill a <laughs> yeah, bit more for real honestly like all of this chaos and crap and invasions and bombing and genocide and murders, just like why can't people just and the thing is i know most people can chill because most people do chill yeah. Right? You travel the world, whatever city, country, whatever you're in, it's it's rare you'll go to a place and be like, "Oh my gosh, like everyone here is just crazy. This place is just full of bad people." Most people are decent or at least trying to be decent. They're just trying to live their lives. Well, and it just sucks that there's just constant agitators and quote-unquote leaders and people in positions of power influence money that just profits, <laughs> if we're being honest, they profit from keeping these various violent grifts going
1: well this is yeah. this is what makes me so sad about you know the analysis that most americans have had about gaza is like if you actually understand the, the circumstances by which they've lived for the past 50 years and then you look at their reaction just that one day but then you consider like all of the years of them just languishing under basically a totalitarian uh you know occupation it's like these people are also extraordinarily chill like the they 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 put up with a lot for a very long time, and I think that's how most people are. They, they do not want to be violent. Like most people don't want to be violent. Mm. But I, my, the, the way I always view any sort of war that goes hot is, okay, we've now gotten to a point that despite our better natures, that we're like, we don't want to risk our lives, we right. don't want to take lives, but I've got to the point that I'm now willing to do so. Why? Like it, that's such an important thing to to ask instead of just going. Well, they're Muslims. They're fucking crazy. They're yeah. you know. It's like that's just not. That's such a simplistic, nonsensical analysis. And so many people are guilty of it. And I think that we've been propagandized, particularly maybe not you, but certainly in the United States, mm. w- with the war on terror. That like these Muslims are just fucking nuts, man. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is to it. It, it gets no. And, and I'd like to just the reason I bring it up is I I know that you've spent a ton of time in, mm, I grew in, up in predominantly Muslim countries. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, If you could confirm or deny, are Muslims fucking nuts, (laughs) Zubin? Generally
0: speaking, no, man. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, You know, I I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I lived there for 20 years. Um, I'm a resident of the UAE now. I spend a lot of time in Dubai. Um, I went to Qatar last year. I've been to Qatar multiple times. I've been to Bahrain multiple times. So these these are the Gulf. This is the Gulf region. Um, I haven't been to, you you know, Jordan, Syria. Mm Israel Palestine that that region of the Middle East but man I, I always try to just drill into people and just constantly remind people I, I do this on social media a lot that most human beings all around the world there's eight billion people on this planet and yeah sure we have our differences and the differences can be important and interesting but the vast majority of people around the world are just decent law abiding people who are just trying to do normal stuff they need to they need to acquire basic resources they need food water shelter they want to have they want to get married they want to have children or they've done those things they want to make sure that their kids are okay they have enough to eat and that they themselves are protected from violence whether that is local whether that's national whether that's international threats that's what people want it doesn't matter if you're talking about people in gaza you're talking about people in israel you're talking about people in russia ukraine all across the continent of africa that's just the that's just the human norm um yeah that that that's just the human norm it's not like oh this group of people is again i think i, I think people i agree with you Clinton, that people people get psyoped into that like oh it's just like this group of people whether it's th- this religion or this ethnicity or this race or whatever that they're just yeah. They're just violent and they just want to like it's like bro like they, it's they such do the a same yeah. they do the
1: same thing with black people in America. They, yeah. they 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 like many people talk about them as if they are I don't know, mm-hmm. t- you know, dangerously different. And Th- thirteen
0: thirteen percent of the yeah, population yeah. committing fifty percent of the crime. It's like no, it's like one percent of the population committing sixty percent of the crime there you go. Especially
2: the violent crimes. Exactly. And if you look at the violent crime statistics, they they, they are kind of a, a extremely worrying since a very small portion of the population yeah. actually commits them I, and continues to commit them. And then being soft on crime is is mm-hmm. literally leading to these guys I, I committing more I, violence. I saw
0: last week. Um, you you can you can double check the stat. I saw that one percent of the population is responsible for 63% of violent yep. crime. I bet that and tracks- that violent
2: crime is actually up, but murders are down because of innovations that have happened in hospitals, and the number of people being violently attacked is actually going up because but a, a lot of these district attorneys that were financed by George Soros, another name that we can't mention on YouTube, <laughs> specifically bankrolled these individuals who are saying, no, we're going to correct, you can't correct 1% of sociopaths that are out there committing violent well, crimes. Is- and the point that you made earlier is very important Because the majority of the people are not wired to destroy human life, Mm -hmm. and they have to be programmed in order to do so in militaries, in boot camp, and psychologically, mentally, physically rewired in order to take a human being's existence from them. But, But there is the sociopathic 1%, violent crimes, politicians and corporate heads that that are these types of individuals that are the true danger against everyone. This is
3: why I think why is there global conflict? Why is there governments invading and taking over? I think this tracks, okay, so ancient history, for the most part, there's a 1% of the population that just doesn't know how to fucking farm. They just Mm. can't get their shit together. They cannot thrive as a species, as a society, but they see that those guys can, so they'll go take it. Mm. And this is what happens with the Romans. The Romans is a good example. Rome was just a little city. They got attacked so they were like, that can never happen again because our entire city was annihilated by those barbarians that just came to take. We need to become an aggressive state to go protect our borders. We need to go dominate our neighbors to make sure that some idiot, some 1% of the population doesn't mm-hmm. go destroy. And so it's like a holdover. Like It's like we're constantly trying to protect ourselves from that idiotic 1% of humanity that is 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 incapable of governing itself
2: no sociopathic Sociopathic. pure evil or just yeah people people that like i don't know how to farm and i can't these are not stupid people these are extremely no these are not ignorant people these are people who of course brains brain chemistry and brains are totally different than yours Mm -hmm. and and their 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 actual consciousness isn't there i think that because the romans
3: became that because they were attacked by these barbarians so like People, if if their city is razed to the ground, they will become psychotic. They'll become aggressive and psychotic to make sure it never happens again. You'll do anything. But see, I think this is is what I've tried to help
1: you make the leap with, is like you seem to still give the benefit of the doubt to the intentions of the American government when what I see is that even if there was some sort of rationale to us becoming an empire uh, after World War II in particular because it was like, all right, there was this global war, we won, we're, we, ha- we now have the strongest economy, strongest military, like, we're in a position to to run shit, we don't want to have there be another world war, so we're going to make sure that we police the world so that nothing ever gets fucking crazy again. But now, what the American empire actually appears to be, to me, is a very malevolent one, one that is actually provoking multiple fronts for a potential world war, And and I think that it's a mistake to just go, well, these people have... You know the world's best interest in mind. It's like at some point, even if they think they do, mm. they're so obviously wrong that it's, it's, I, I think it's a they, huge mistake not, to give them the best for the
2: Sociopathic, doubt. evil human beings that literally worship demons and try to summon them <laughs> with f- bodily fluids on the fucking wall. The God of that's war, these motherfuckers. I mean, this is, that's the type of shit that they ancient. do here. And you got to understand here, it's not just war, it, it's biological fucking agents and gene specific bioweapons that they have at the touch of their fucking fingerprints as well as artificial artificial intelligence weapons that, that are, are worth talking about. Because if we don't deal with these 1% of violent criminals and sociopaths, we're going to be dealing with some very tough situations that are not going to be pleasant to and deal sadly, with.
0: sadly, that 1% it probably veers closer to, uh, to 10 or even 20%, the higher you go up the echelons of power. Because Absolutely. the truth is the people who would be most benevolent and effective in a positive sense in power are those who don't want it and don't exactly. seek it. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no, any, just wanting to have certain levels and positions of power is automatically sus. Right. Yeah. Like th- that, that, that's, that's the problem. Yep. It's just, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't like to do the black and white thinking thing of you know, all politicians are evil. Right? the only reason anyone goes into politics, it's like no, I know that's not. I have know people who have run for office. I know people who are in office. Whatever, the problem is the it's the swamp, right? To use to use Trump's term, the problem is you've just got the the way the incentives are aligned. That's the key. Yes, everything's incentives, right? Be, because
1: the, the the reason I know that is because I'm I'm looking at this and people are like. Well, first off, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I was like, I was adamantly opposed to it. But then I had so many of my heroes that were calling me going, you have to do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. But the 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 issue is that like now that I'm announced for running for VP in the LP, other people are going, dude, don't fucking like you're really you're you're well spoken. You're well equipped. You're well funded. Like, let's go GOP. Let's yep. get you in there. Right. Let's mm-hmm. let's get some actual power. Why would you waste your time with the LP? <laughs> and it's like it's like. If I want to go the GOP route, especially as a relatively unknown figure, like the only way to prevail is to sell your soul. You like, I, don't think, money. I don't think I don't think people get that, though. Like, I don't think people understand that is the only way there's like the one in a uh, one in a million Ron Paul, Ran, uh, mm-hmm. Ron Paul, Rand Paul and, and Thomas Massey. But Rand wouldn't have got th- got in there if it weren't for his dad's legacy. Um, and, and Massey only gets in there because he, he can fund based off of all the libertarians in the entire country, or we're just like, we're going to keep you in there, <laughs> brother. But like, that's all we have. We only have the resources for one guy or two guys.
3: Like, that's the truth. It's, it's dark, but it's reality. So you got to be rich, and if you don't
2: have the money, you sell your soul to get the money. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Again, it's not all black and white all the time as well. I, I, I think the, the one thing that is pretty clear, 1%, crazy individuals. They have a lot of power. They have too much power, especially with what happened with COVID. I, I, I do believe COVID was deliberately engineered. I do believe that it was the workings of the CIA and the Chinese government and that they deliberately released this on the world stage. Now, of course, this is my kind of uh, assumption. This is my kind of theory. Do I have empirical evidence proving this? No. But there's also no empirical evidence highlighting that it was made in the Wuhan Level 3 large laboratory.
0: I'm, I'm curious about that, Luke. What, what, what would be the in your opinion, in, under this theory, what's the, what are the incentives for the CIA to do that? So if
2: you look at the UN 2030 vision, you look at essentially what a lot of these central controllers and bureaucrats are after, it is absolute control of, of human life. And they've been trying to do it through climate change for a very long time. They're like, well, you know, we got to take care of the weather. We got to take care of the environment. You just got to be locked down. You got to stop traveling. You got to stop eating red meat they were able to, to propel their agenda that much further under COVID than they would have ever had under climate change or any other kind of excuse. Mm-hmm. So they needed some kind of galvanizing Pearl Harbor-like event in order to, to put fear into people. This is, this is my mindset. This is my theory. Again, I, 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 I can't empirically prove this, sure. but, but this is my, my kind of logic in, in thinking and understanding all of this. When, when you look at everything that they did, Did It was almost if they were deliberately trying to hurt everyone, and I think they were. Mm -hmm. Because how else do you describe the the ventilators and people having organ failure after being drugged? Oh, I I agree with that. How else do you explain the vaccine, which we have a very kind of uh, curious video about from News Nation that I want to play in a little bit. How else do you explain people saying you are going to go to a camp if you criticize this government or if you lie to the government like they did in Australia. How mm-hmm. else do you, do you do? you kind of quantify that? How else do you understand that from a, a perspective that, that isn't what they actually carried out and did? So that, that's my kind of thinking about it. Let's
1: add to that, the suppression of
2: ivermectin, mm-hmm. the the pr-
0: prescription. I, 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 by the way, I, I I agree with all these points. I'm just curious about the CIA part.
2: So when you look at uh, Echo Health Alliance and, yeah. and Peter Dazak, they're, they're connected to, of course, a lot of the the intel agencies. If you look in, at in the detail. CIA, okay. uh, from the, the very beginning of this, they were paying a lot of their analysts to cover up a lot of the findings. And they told their analysts specifically, we can't tell anyone that this came from a lab. They were running the larger cover-up efforts here from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, While while funding it, too. While funding it Mm -hmm. and covering up the traces of them actually having their fingerprints on top of all of it. And then they helped to run the censorship effort as, of course, when Zero Hedge and other independent media organizations were saying, hey, there's a lot of uh, evidence here suggesting that this came from the exact factory that they were working with, this exact sickness that is everywhere around the world. (laughs) They they were the ones that reached out to big tech, social know, media, and censored yeah, those do you, stories. Do
0: you, do you know? Do you know the conclusion um, of that one would inevitably reach if all of these things we've been discussing in this podcast are true? The USA is the bad guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've been
3: <laughs> thinking that like,
1: for yeah. a week straight. Like,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not just We're the USA. Yeah. But, but with all these things combined, it's just like when you when like, you if I'm, I'm like okay, if this is true and that's this, true and that's true, if 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 these are all thing the things, it's like it's it's kind of hmm. You know, I know, I know. Saying the USA is the bad guy is like you know the most uh, you know and, generalized. And, and, uh, yeah. Well, no, no. It's like it's like a taboo thing to say, right? Yes. Especially in the United States of America. But it's just like you know, from a very young age, and I say this even as a Brit, I say this as someone who's not American. From a very young age, whether it's uh, it's GI Joe or it's the Rocky movies, or like like you are brainwashed to think, okay like very clear good guy bad guy narratives yeah. right like okay like this country is the good guy and these countries are the bad guys um and it's amazing when you you know you you kind of discuss these things and you try to step away from the sort of uh what what do you call it the the, the dog in the fight and the and the patriotism and the even as a brit we're very much wired to you know the the west is the best mentality and yep. the UK the USA Canada what like you know these are these are just unequivocally su- the 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 best places and, you know, whether it's foreign policy or it's the government or ideology, what, whatever it is, we're right. And those other places are backwards and regressive and evil and wrong and tyrannical. And, um, you know, I think there are situations where it's like, there are things where I'm like, yeah, okay. Like the, there are things where I do think the West is the best. And there are things that I think the USA specifically is, I'm, I'm here right now. I love, I love, I love the USA. I like American people in general. But when you look at it at that sort of state level, the government level, and the agencies and yes. all these things, but it's, it's like, beyond that. Yeah, it's just like woo, It's like, beyond uh, America. It's it a very different picture. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it's it, beyond it, America. It, but if like it, like if your theory on the COVID thing is true, because you have to remember, COVID didn't just hit the USA, and like that was a goal.
1: Yeah, it's a global bioweapon.
0: Yeah, this this is a global thing affecting billions and billions of people in every single continent. Yep, and if this was deliberately created funded whatever by agents of the US government in collaboration with China like that's a that's a super dark picture
2: Yeah, but, but it's not just uh, America. It's not just the CIA. It's also them working um, very closely with the Chinese that yeah. helped develop this with dangerous uh, gain-of-function research. It's also the Chinese that locked down all of China except for the international flights out of Wuhan mm-hmm. that were able to fly around the world. It was also China that but on could, their could very... China, could yeah, China
0: have no. done it <laughs> without yeah. the funding? And the of back- the CIA.
2: Right, <laughs> right, right. I know, I know, I and, know. And <laughs> but, but more importantly, it was also China on their tightly controlled social media that released mm. photos and videos of people just collapsing everywhere, spreading that fear, spreading that panic, and saying no one in China could fly, but they could fly out of China to Italy. Mm. Look what's happening now in Italy. And, and th- this, this brings uh, a lot to, to question, specifically also when it comes to the vaccine, but also the long-term kind of uh, effects of COVID. As we have this video from uh, News Nation that I think is worth watching, that really talks about some very concerning news as a former Trump administration medical advisor is coming out and saying that COVID is very similar to HIV and when you look at the HIV genetic strain, there are components of it inside of COVID. So this is Dr. Deborah Bricks and this is what she has to say. We're going deeper. Especially when it comes to people's immune systems being compromised even if they allegedly had asymptomatic cases of COVID and uh, now leaving them allegedly prone to months and years of health problems. Here's the clip that I think we should talk about.
3: Comparisons to HIV. You've done a ton of research in this. Uh, Mm. Do you believe this is a false flag? Is there something that contextually uh, people need to understand about that comparison? Or is this much darker a potential reality than we knew?
2: The reason the comparison to HIV is important is because HIV was also asymptomatic. I mean, you couldn't see the virus through symptoms because people were infected for seven, eight, nine years before they developed symptoms. But HIV quietly destroyed our immune system. And we learned a lot about immunology from HIV, and it's changed completely our cancer therapy. We're learning now about mitochondria and viral impact and brain fog and this the chains that we allow us to and move or block stuff. So there's just
0: it's weird. Um, So I'll often see every day, I I can go on the internet anytime and I will see people, both of whom I know, Or all of whom yeah, I know, fighting. and they're all fighting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like this sort of like new, I, I'm sort of Switzerland or whatever, right? <laughs> Where, you know, I'll see, being, I don't know, I'll see uh, Ben Shapiro is fighting Andrew Tate, is fighting Jordan Peterson, is fighting Piers Morgan, is fighting Tucker. Like, I don't, I don't I'm like, I know all these people. I've done podcasts with all these people, right. I've, I've hung out with them. Um, and I'm not going to turn on people, and then Joe Rogan gets dragged into it. Oh, Elon Musk or whatever. and I'm just the people are trying to drag me and all this crap. I'm like, D- you know, what? I like all these people. Who's who's <laughs> the most
2: who's the most surprising to you? The most impressive out of all those individuals that you met, and what was the, uh, the most impressive thing about them?
0: Elon, he's a pretty impressive human being, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> like, well, but from your interactions with him, yeah, I mean, do, do you know the th- do you know what I really liked about meeting Elon and doing doing the podcast with him and everything is um. I'm a big fan of humility and I myself, you know, I'd like to think I'm certainly a humble person. Um, And I think it's, it's cool to, it was cool to have validated that the richest man on the planet and certainly one of the most successful, one of the most successful human beings of all time is still very much, you know, I mean, Like in some ways normal, and he's humble, and he's grounded, and he's got a sense of humor, and he was just as happy to meet me as I was to meet him, and whatever, right? Because look, if someone had a right, no one, no one, no one should be arrogant. No one should be ultra cocky. No one should see themselves. But he would have that right, exactly. But if someone had a right to, you'd be like, all right, like, fair. He can get away with it. Like like, like if Elon was this super, super cocky, super arrogant, you'd be a bit like. Yeah, fair See, enough. Oh, you're like, worth 350 billion. A, 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 I, I exactly. Get it. You, you'd be like, I, I get it. And so when someone's at that level and they're still grounded and they're still humble and still I'm, grinding too, and still grinding, I'm like, yeah. I'm, like I'm like, there's no excuse. Yeah. Well, right? I, there's I have, no, there's well, a no lot of people are placated
2: be, by that money or by that fame, yeah. and they're like, I don't need. It. I already got yeah,
0: it. You'll, yeah, you'll have people who have achieved like, you know, one, not even one millionth of what he's achieved, and they're freaking arrogant, and they've got a chip on their shoulder, and they think they're better than other people, and they're impolite, and they're rude, and they're not. Na- and I'm just like, man, there's, no, there's just no excuse for that. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're like whatever, just you, we're all human beings. So don't forget that. And don't forget other people are human beings. And particularly in this world of us being here and seeing people as these little avatars on screens and just words, and it's very easy to dehumanize people. It happens all the time. I think every day people forget that all of the, everyone you're interacting with, apart from bots, like th- there is another human being. Yeah. At the end of that interaction. And people say social media is toxic and this and this and this. And it certainly can be. But if you, if people just followed some sort of basic rules, like I said, just that, even, even if it was just that simple one, don't say anything online that you wouldn't say in real life, Right. just that alone would make social media far less toxic, far less nasty. Just remembering, okay, you're dealing with human beings. You might, you might not like each other. You might disagree. You might think this person said something freaking stupid or whatever, But you don't need to take it to such a level where it just becomes this giant, massive vitriol. If if you wouldn't
2: say it to their face, you shouldn't say it at all.
0: That's it. Uh, I
1: I think that your your success and your growth, you know, you and I have followed each other for years. And and you've had an impact on me in that regard is like... It's so obvious that you're like you're like <laughs> I'm staying positive. I'm like, all right, yeah, Zuby, you're right, you're right. I'm not going to drag this motherfucker today. Uh, but but the the one thing I did want to ask you is because yeah. we had James O'Keefe in here last week, and I, it was a very similar uh, story. But who is that
2: person that brought you to the brink of
1: like
0: I'm that motherfucker?
3: I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh,
1: Sorry, uh, uh, I had to introduce. I mean, me. it, so it,
0: huh? it, no nobody known. Nope okay ahead, it'll yeah, just be someone random yeah, some random yeah, yeah. vicious yeah. sorry clint sorry, exactly. i cut you off go ahead. yeah no i
1: was just gonna uh you know correlate this to james o'keefe you know and this actually ties into what you were saying about elon it's always very impressive once you see someone who's made it you know financially and they keep grinding with that same sort of you know uh, ferocity hmm. um elon certainly he wows me in that regard but i think that to a certain extent, maybe even more impressive is someone who is not making it. They're barely hanging on, and you did that for seven years. And I'm curious, you know, as you said, you had a, a very prestigious degree that you could have gone out. You didn't do that. You yeah. you 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 basically you voluntarily suffered. Yes. for seven years. That it that was requires was, a vision. It was more
0: like twelve, but yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah, yeah. it's a long time, yeah. and you did it voluntarily. There has to be a, a why for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I've known my life's mission and purpose very clearly since my late teens, um, and I think that comes from God. My name actually means God's decision. Mm. That's the meaning of my my full name. My full first name is Unzubechuku, which translates to God's decision, and I don't take that I don't take that lightly. Ironically, my last name actually also translates to um, our name or our fame will spread, <laughs> and so I take my name I take my name literally. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it man I think it's uh look I think God gives all of us different talents and abilities and experiences personalities there's no two people in this world who are the same um, and we're not all supposed to play the exact same role but I knew okay I've got a, a talent stack and a set of experiences and personal just I've, I've got this unique combination and so what am I what am I going to do with it I could just be selfish with it and keep it all to myself. I could have just been in the corporate grind, whether it's management consulting, investment banking, whatever, and just climb that corporate ladder, make money, be comfortable, just, you know, live a a normal, successful life. But I've always had something in me, which is like, no, that's not my mission. I need to go out there and impact millions of people. When I die, I want millions of people to miss me, not in a cocky way, not in an arrogant way, but in a way that, hey, that guy had some
2: positive yeah. impact yeah. and influence. You yeah, that their life that, that way life. left the world better than, than, exactly. than he, it was when he, he was helped, there. He helped me yeah.
0: to think a bit better. He helped me view this thing a bit better. He gave me some words of encouragement. He helped me three, see through the COVID psyop. He helped me get in better shape. I enjoyed his music. I like listening to his podcast and I learned from it. Whatever it may be, I, I had a lot of different angles. Yeah. Um, but anyone... Anywhere in the world who can be like, you know what? Like you've done or you've created something that I found valuable. I'm just like, amazing. Like, yeah. that's dope. Let me just do more of that until I die and I'm good. It's just very like- <laughs> strange.
2: It's very strange hearing you say this because I, I had very kind of similar concepts, ideas, and 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 train of thinking, just like you're kind of describing here. I still remember early on in my teenage years, having this kind of immense moment of synchronicity where I kind of like saw my life and where it was going. Mm. And it was exactly where it is right now. It is exactly what I'm doing right now. Mm. As in that teenage years, I would remember being on uh, the New York City subway. It was the above ground one. And I was looking uh, above and I was looking at, at, at the city and just having this like weird feeling where I just like got goosebumps and I was like, I, I, I knew that this, what I'm doing right now is going to be my entire life and I'm yeah. going to dedicate my life towards truth and making the world a better place as much yeah, as I can. I think can. that's dope, man. And, yeah.
0: I th- and I think, look, this is how we actually make the world a better place. Like if each, if each individual, if each person were to do their best to maximize their own potential and use their given talents, personalities, experiences, knowledge, whatever, use it as a force for good to uplift other human beings in whichever way that might be, right? Some people are, oh, wow, this person plays guitar amazingly well and sings. Oh, wow, this guy's just really good at woodworking, whatever it is. We've all got different talents, different paths, different interests. I think that's that's the real diversity, right? The real diversity. The diversity that matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the real diversity. It's yeah. not like oh, everyone, everyone come and do exactly what I do. No, I, I w- All right. It's- I was going to ask you if, if being a musician gets you aligned with God because yes. there's something about
3: resonating that kind of there's like there's like a, a path that we're on and that you can you can choose to pull away from it, mm. but or is just you're in it. But I wonder if it's more that when you are in a flow state, you're resonating because, like you're saying, some people are woodworkers yeah. and maybe that's when they're resonating with God. But yeah. for you, it's. Because for me, it's playing music. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm huge into resonation right now and vibration and like
0: aligning, getting into that flow state. So, but I mean, is it, is yeah. it it's music? Is it, uh, yeah, music, music for sure. For me, I, I'm I'm a wordsmith. I love words. I like words. I like playing with language. I like learning languages. Um, so for me, hip hop in particular, you know, rap like as an art form, it's since my, I don't know, since I was 11 or 12 in particular, I've always been drawn to the art form and I love making music i particularly love the lyrical side of it i love just being able to put across a message or a story or whatever it is in a cool rhyming fashion with wordplay integrated into it or whatever but whether i'm rapping or i'm speaking on this podcast or i'm doing a tv slot or i'm posting on twitter or doing a clip to me it's it's all communication It's all communication, and I've been blessed with some form of gift of gab. I've always been good at talking and just using words. Uh, One thing a lot of people say, even if it's just reading my Twitter or X, is, man, you, you just put into words concisely something that I'm feeling or something that I'm thinking, but I wouldn't have had the words to express it. A bit like the way a good comedian can make they say things that they're already sort of somewhere in your subconscious. Like they, they speak about reality and the human experience in a way that most people wouldn't be able to word it and they make it funny. And that's really what makes a good community. That's what makes a good comedian. Um, A good, a good songwriter can, or a good movie maker, a good script writer. They'll take things that just resonate with human beings but they can articulate it in a way that the average person just cannot. Yep. Um, like when I, if I watch a film or I watch like one of these series, these series with multiple seasons and 50 different episodes, I'm like, how do you write that? Like, I, I like it to me. That's, that's phenomenal. That's crazy. But then someone else with, you know, who's not musical at all might be like, hear a song and like, man, how do you write a song? I know how to write a song. I don't know how to write a whole movie script, yeah. or, yeah. uh, you know, like a, a whole, like a long nonfiction book, like a Lord of the Rings type of like, geez, like it's, it's crazy to me, but it's some a, people have
1: skill sets. So yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. People have different skill sets. Oh. And I just think that if, like I said, if you, I think if people really, really wanted to make the world better in the true sense and it, and, it, and in a way that's, that's hard because it's, the inner work but that's the one person you can truly control. Right. We've been talking all day about all these all these entities and people and whatever who like we we just we don't have control over
2: right. no. what we do have no. control over My, is ourselves. And also My, like, we got to we got to kind of move forward. Uh, just yeah. make your point, and I have a, one last question. I feel like you.
3: you've tapped into a nuance of communication about it is about what you not just about how you feel about what you say. A lot of people just rely on how they feel about what they mm. say, and, and music and art. They maybe say the most horrific stuff, but they do it with passion and they feel <laughs> it. So other people are like, "All right, I feel it too. I'm alive." Yeah. But that you've almost maybe I don't know if you force yourself to focus on the positive if you're like i have chosen that Mm. i will go that direction now this is my reality yeah um because like karma i feel like is like if you if you bombed a billion people but you feel like you did the right thing Mm. karmically you're good if you feel like you did it so
0: you've like you've acknowledged like that but i don't want to put yeah Mm -hmm. no no it's conscious and it's also who i genuinely am it is who i authentically am right i've look I've, i've come from a i've come from a blessed background my parents are freaking amazing um, I'm one of five kids. My my family is awesome. We get on really well. I grew up in a good environment. I went to good schools. I went to one of the best universities in the world. I'm not going to come out and start talking about like gangbanging and like, you know, doing like all this. It's like, that nah, dude, that's not my life. Like, I can't start come rap, rapping about selling crack or whatever. Like, it's goofy. It's not even what I am. So it's authentic and it's also conscious. Just like, really uh,
2: quick because we have to wrap sure things thing. up here. You described an individual who, of course, takes themselves too seriously, gets a little bit of money, gets a little bit of fame. It goes to their head. What would be your advice to someone like that?
0: To to someone who is at risk of that, or who's already someone who's
2: at, like the opposite of like Elon, specifically when it comes to feeling extremely privileged and uh, someone who um, takes advantage of their kind of popularity. And yeah, the thing.
0: I, I kind of feel, by definition, that uh, someone like that is not interested in my advice. Um, but you know, I, that I, might I, be the problem. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I believe that I believe that God is watching over us. People have their different religious beliefs, but I think that ultimately, I don't think that, look, I think one of the biggest differences between, um, you know, theistic belief and totally secular belief is as someone who believes in God is you don't believe, I don't believe that you can get away with evil. I think that you can in this lifetime. And I think many, many people throughout history have gotten away with horrific evil, but I don't think that you, like nothing is unseen. Right, stuff that's done in the dark, whether it's these shadowy deals. If there are people out there who are plotting to like murder millions of people, they can get away with it here and now. I don't think that they get away with it long term. That's 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 my viewpoint. So for someone like that, um, I can't. I'm not here trying, yeah. you know, to try to force anyone to, to to believe in God or to follow any religion. Um, but yeah, that that's what I'd say. Some people would call it, you know, karma. There's different ideas of of somewhat similar concepts. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, whether whether you do good or you do bad, whether or not people sort of see it or there's immediate consequences, as in going to trial or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. you. I don't think you ever get. They will pay well, eventually.
2: Well, yeah. energy cannot be uh, destroyed or created; and yeah. only transferred. So, what happens to our larger kind of spiritual, energetic selves yeah. when we leave the physical that, body? I don't think that. I think hit- there is something that's going yeah. to be very karmic and very. I, I
0: don't think that Hitler and Stalin and Mao are like just. Just
2: chilling right now. I hope Absolutely that your perception no. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, We, we kind of we have to go here because we're already way over time Alright, well I'll uh, tell you what Just make your point really that concisely or maybe we could do it at the outro. Yeah, when your okay.
3: body, it's real quick, when your body passes that your perception is forced to witness the results of all your behavior in life mm. so that one by one you've got to go through the result, like you've got to see it from the other person's perspective of what you did. The bomb dropping, the pain of loss that they experienced because of your choices whatever they were. I hope that's what karma is. Mm.
2: This was a fascinating conversation. Zuby. thank you so much for, for joining us and, and making time during your busy schedule to, to do this conversation I'll that I man. thought was very uh, fruitful and beneficial to a lot of people out there. We're, we're gaining a lot of subscribers here on Rubble. We're at 84,000. We gain about 1,000, 2,000 per, per episode, 100,000. Clint gets tasered. I can't find my taser right <laughs> no, now, no. but he's going to the cardiologist <laughs> soon to make sure that we could do an extensive tasering so we could extensive? do a in full in-depth one. Yeah, Ugh. 200K. Wait. <laughs> I get tasered, wow. so it's, uh, worse, it's, o- it's only fair. We're almost there. You guys can make that happen right now by subscribing to this <laughs> podcast on thebestpoliticalshow.com. I could go back. I could go get the taser if you want, Clint. This is not the positive energy that Listen, Zuby was it just is, talking about. It is. It's, definitely it's some positive, positive energy. <laughs> ions on the top of the taser that will positively impact you to, <laughs> to move your body in a very efficient way. So subscribe to rumble.com forward slash We Are Change. We really do appreciate it that you you do Zuby this was great I'm gonna go get the taser really quickly as I do we're gonna go around where can people find and support your work Zuby go ahead
0: at Zuby music on all social media platforms you can find me on X Instagram YouTube Facebook I'm also on Rumble I've got a channel on there if you prefer Rumble to YouTube just search my name Z-U-B-Y and if you would like to check out my music my podcast anything else uh, go to zubymusic.com and you will find links to everything
3: you catch me at Ian Crossland. Oh, geez. Ooh, geez.
0: We got well, it. Hello we there. Got it.
2: Steph, Switch the cameras. So where do you? Do you so do you I, I, I on got this the in my pocket because we're hanging out with Alex Stein, and I was gonna surprise Alex Stein. <laughs> Alex Stein on tomorrow, six p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh,